What's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show, Quinn David Furness Presents, the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, April 5th, Palm Sunday. Oh, man. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, an ass. Jesus sitting on his ass, on his ass, going into town, getting waved down with palm trees. I don't really know why, you know? It seems like palm palm branches. You know, why would you why would you cut a bunch of branches off of trees just for you know, Jesus? All I'm saying is you know, maybe Jesus isn't this, you know, big environmental activist that he's been touting himself as. Touting. T-O-U-T-I-N-G. Just a lot a lot of things to think about on Palm Sunday. And we'll we'll certainly be talking Jesus and God and plagues. All that good stuff next week on our Easter special. It's become a an annual favorite of the listeners here on the Beantown Podcast. My name is Quinn David Furness, and this is my show. The the creator, writer, co-host, only host actually, co-host it with me, myself, and I. Best boy, key grip, caterer, electrician, gaffer, I hardly know her. And, um, you know, all, all that other good stuff with original music by Quinn David Furness. Um, except for the music you're listening to right now. That's by Scott Joplin. Performed by Quinn David Furness. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is my show. We're coming to you live from quarantine. Quinn's quarantine. In fact, I have uh, an Instagram series going right now called Quinn's Quarantine Comments. And they usually take place, uh, it's like a saved, highlighted story on my Instagram page, at q.queendy. And they usually take place right after I've gone for a run. So I'm typically very hot and bothered, if you will. Um, But yeah, we're, uh, this is pretty much, let's see, we're about to start, what, the fourth full week of quarantine uh, because I actually, so, so my birthday was kind of the kickoff to quarantine March 16th. Um, and I actually worked, that was my last day in the office. And then, so 16th, 23rd, 30th, and tomorrow's the 6th. Yep. So we're getting started, uh, getting ready for week four here. And, uh, you know, how are you doing? What's, uh, what's going on? You guys staying sane? You know, what are you doing to pass the time? Have you picked up any new hobbies or skills under quarantine? Um, yeah, if you, if you do, you can let us know. You can email us. Beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-N, podcast at yahoo.com. Or you can tweet at us. We're at Beantowncast. You can find me on Twitter at White Buns. I'm also on Instagram at Q.QueenD. And you can like our Facebook page, Beantown Podcast. Or you can subscribe to me on YouTube, Quinn Furness. Easy enough. But yeah, we're just hanging out. It's kind of a lazy Sunday. I'm gonna go get a walk in later here. 
Uh, it's important for me, at least, to go out and uh, do something every day. So let me let me kind of dig in here and, and talk to you about my routine, um, because routine is very important to me. I'm a habit-driven individual, and I can't even imagine, you know, like what life would be like without, you know, my routine or my routines, you know, that's just like 100% how I structure things. And I tend to get stressed um, a little bit, not even like anxious or nervous, just straight up stressed. If my routine gets um, disrupted too much, I tend to get tired as well. Um, But so, so Mondays, um, well, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm working, wake up, brew my own coffee, which is something that prior to quarantine, I had only been doing on Sundays. Now I'm going through a lot of coffee over here, uh, but I brew one pot a day, about four cups I drink, pretty normal amount, I think. It's like the size of a, like a grande Starbucks, I think. I don't know. I don't know how those sizes work because you got, you got tall you got Grande, you got Venti, and then you got the Trenta, right? Trenti, Trenta, Trendy. It's like the XL version. It's the secret version. It's not on the menu, uh, but you can ask for that. Uh, I make my own coffee. We do. Uh, we, I have a daily Zoom meeting for work, a daily staff session compared to the norm before, which was weekly. Um, the daily is fine. I, I find myself pretty much just sitting there every day watching, um, because the thing with these meetings is it's usually just like two or three people on the, out of the five of us, just like talking about what they're doing that day. It's not so much like, oh, we need to discuss this or have a conversation about this. It's just like sharing what they're doing each day. And I'm less inclined to do that, not for any reason in particular, but it just kind of seems like I'm wasting everyone's time just talking about my boring, mundane tasks, which is why I don't chime in as much on those uh, those daily staff meetings because it happens every single morning. Um, and occasionally, you know, you have things that you need to discuss. But I also have I also have individual meetings with uh, my boss every week. Um, so pretty much, and then, you know, beyond that, communicating with her through Microsoft Teams and text and email, like, you get your stuff answered. So start off with a daily Zoom staff meeting, which is fine. It is what it is. Um, and then uh, every day, Monday through Thursday, I go for a run over my lunch break, which I tend to take closer to 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Because I just, I can have a much more effective run after I have like, after I'm a little bit more exhausted mentally and physically just been sitting on my butt, you know, after six hours, six or seven hours into the day. Um, You know, it feels nice. I still in my life, and I've tried it on various occasions, and I've never been able to get into a habit, which is very important to me because it's never felt right. Um, running in the mornings, I just can't do it. Um, boy, it is really tough for me. The thing of it is, uh, one, I tend to just be a little bit like colder 
in the morning by from a body temperature perspective. And I'm much less inclined, particularly in times like this where it's, you know, high 30s outside, to wake up in the morning and have it be 7 a.m. I'm like, all right, kids, let's go outside um, because I'm, I'm cold. I want to warm up. Um, my muscles tend to be a lot more tight in the morning. Um, and then physically when I go out and it's been like this my whole life, um, and it's not just running, it used to be like swim practice too, which is why I ended up just like giving up on morning practice after a while in high school. I just feel awful. Like not even, not even like tight or sore or nauseous, just like my body is not interested and doing anything like that. Um, I used to run with a friend in Baltimore when I lived out there, Beantown, hashtag. Um, and we would go for runs at about 6 a.m. And, you know, that would mean, I, you know, I'd wake up at like 5.15 every day to walk to her apartment. And then we'd go for a run. I don't know, it was 5.30 or 6 a.m., I don't remember. Uh, and we'd usually run like 5Ks um, in Baltimore downtown. Um, and I remember even in those runs... Even running with a friend, which is usually way easier, um, although I almost never do it, um, you know, I just never felt into it either. So that's why I run later in the afternoon. Uh, by the time I get back, work is pretty much over. I shower, um, yada, yada, yada. On Monday nights, I cook, big batch. That's not uh, that's not true to quarantine. That's, that's a Quinn David Furnace thing in general. Uh, let's see. Last week we made like a kind of a hodgepodge stew. It had a little bit of everything. There was no real theme. It almost turned into from like a spices and flavoring perspective. It almost turned into like a gumbo kind of thing. Just because um, I threw in some Andrew's sausage, and that really that really like not overpowered, but really dominated the flavor profile of the stew. Um, this week, let's see, tomorrow night, what are we making? Um, something kind of similar, except this one is more, this one last week was more like chicken-based. This one uh, this week is more beef-based. Um, so it'll be a lot of like stew meat, uh, which is beef and beef broth. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have kind of the classics in there. So I got some lentils. I even got some barley um, at grocery store. Had stopped selling barley for a while, but they're back. So barley's back on the menu, boys. Um, and uh, let's see. The protein, besides that beef, we got some turkey bacon. I'm a big turkey bacon guy. I even got some ground turkey. And I got some, like, cubed chicken as well, which doesn't really, like, fit with the stew. But I, you know, I, if I'm having this for, like, five or six straight days, um, then I need it to, need it to last. Um, for veggies... I do pretty much what you'd expect, right? You got some garlic, some onion, uh, celery, green pepper, carrots. Um, and then on this one, because it's more of a beef-based thing, we're doing uh, mushrooms and, um, oh, big fan of this, radish. So, you know, you go online and pretty much any respectable beef stew you're going to find is going to call for potatoes. I sure love damn French fried potatoes. That's my um, sling blade. More, more like my Scott Farrell. Um, oh, we got a message. Ooh. Oh, this is very exciting. We're going to be talking about this uh, message I literally received. I'm not sure if it came through on the uh, on the audio. 
but um, very exciting times. We're going to have a guest next week on the podcast. That is awesome. Uh, talk about that after we read our ads here. Um, but that stew, um, so radishes instead of potatoes. If you never tried this, I encourage you to do that because um, I feel pretty strongly about this. I know some people aren't quite on board, but I feel that once you cook down radishes, once you get them in the stew and you steam them out a little bit, they pretty much have the exact same consistency um, as potatoes if you're going to throw potatoes into a stew, except radishes, um, you know, you don't go overboard on, on the carbs. Um, and they're really good at kind of filling space, taking on the flavor of, um, you know, their environment because radishes, like potatoes, don't have a lot of, like, natural flavor. They're just kind of there. So I'm a big fan. Um, in fact, I don't even think... Man, I'm thinking back all the way back to June when I moved here. I don't think I've bought a potato, you know, in 10 months. I mean, even before that, when I did live in Beantown, um, I almost never, maybe like once or twice, literally, in my years of living there, did I buy a bag of potatoes. Um, this doesn't mean I'm always killing it with the low-carb game, but I just, um, and I love potatoes as much as the next guy. I just, like, made the executive choice to um, keep them away from my diet unless I'm, you know, on a cheat day or something and I have some French fried potatoes. Uh, If you didn't understand the reference to Scott Farrell, um, we'll jump into that in the second half too. I'll give you a status update. We're going to keep this podcast pretty short. Uh, One, because I want to go outside uh, and go for a long walk. Two, there's something going on with my heart right now. Um, just like some irregular rhythmic beating. Um, it's kind of strange. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not a cardiologist. (sighs) So I might need to like just lie down and not record for a second. But, um, so we, we cook on Monday nights, big old batch. In my 16-quart, my favorite kitchen item, my 16-quart stainless steel pot, which is great for big batches. I'm a big batch kind of guy. Um, and I tell you what, what I've been doing this week, or not this week, under quarantine, um, well, the, really all, in 2020 I've been you know, dieting hard and exercising a decent amount. Um, but because out of out of concerns for the fact that I'm spending so much time sitting on my ass, um, you know, even though I, I'm running five times a week, which we'll talk about in a second, um, and going for walks uh, most days in addition to a run, or like days like today, I'll just be one long walk and maybe a little guy um, otherwise. But, um, you know, you're not like walking to the train. You're not walking around your office. Even when I'm in my office, um, I actually have to go walk up to the second floor just to use the bathroom, which obviously happens, you know, five or six times a day. Um, Now when I want to go to the bathroom, it's like 10 steps to the toilet. So there's just a lot less movement going on. Um, And so because of those concerns out of caution, um, we've gone pretty damn Spartan. Um, And I should mention that listener discretion is advised. When you're listening to the Beantown podcast, number one, we'll occasionally use some language, and I apologize for that. Uh, Number two, podcast is objectively terrible um so i've i'm i'm down to one meal a day 
and I'd say on average, you know, I have two bowls of whatever um, I have, you know, whether it was the, the chicken and lentils thing I had last week or chili or we had um, jambalaya uh, the week before that. This week's more of a kind of a beef stew, um, beef and turkey stew and chicken. It's one of everything. Pick your poison. But um struggling with my train of thought here. I apologize. One meal a day, probably like around, I don't know, thirteen or 1,400 calories total um, on the average day, Monday through Friday. Um, the way it works, I wake up, I have my coffee, uh, go for a walk around noon or so, about a mile usually, come back, do some work, and then basically right in the mid-afternoon around 3 or so, and just when you're starting to feel that hunger really creep in, and I should mention it's very important to drink lots and lots of water. Um, that's when I go for my run. And I was noticing it a little bit this week, particularly um, on Thursday and then yesterday in my long run, where you know the, the, the low number of calories is catching up with me slightly. Um, you know, you just, your muscles don't recover quite as fast. Motivation's a little bit lower. Your overall body energy is certainly a little bit lower. Um, so that's something you gotta, you gotta monitor when you're doing not only one meal a day, but also low calorie. Um, cause those two things usually aren't coupled with each other. Uh, if you're doing one meal a day, you usually still get like a normal amount of calories. You just eat a lot more than I am right now. Um, but because what I'm cooking, uh, is so kind of, nutrient rich uh, but not necessarily dense from a caloric perspective because it's basically just vegetables and protein um you know i get full without you know going crazy on calories which i suppose is a good thing um but it can also mean lower energy levels um so i I eat dinner usually about 7 p.m every day um and I, i usually don't really don't have to worry about hunger much um occasionally on a weekday you'll get hungry a little bit earlier um then you're ready to go for your run and you got to just kind of put up with it or ignore it for about an hour or two in the afternoon but usually it's not a it's not the end of the world um running i've been running monday through thursday um i in terms of distance on those days it just kind of depends on how i feel um usually between those four days it, it comes out to an average of about 15 miles total so we're not doing anything crazy um, you know, that's, you know, a little, it's like three, three and three quarters average per day. Um, and I, I run, you know, anywhere in the kind of eight minute pace range, usually between eight and eight thirty, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll usually be like two five Ks, a four miler, and then a five miler. That's, that's pretty typical for those Monday through Thursday runs. Um, they get tougher, uh, as, as they go, right. Monday, you've just had a day off, which is Sunday and your energy is pretty good. You feel pretty good on Tuesday as well. Wednesday, um, you're also actually, at least for me, still feel fine. Um, but you're also getting a little bored. Uh, and then by Thursday, it's like your energy levels are pretty low and you're just kind of tired of running every single day. So I take Friday off. I go for a long walk on my Fridays. I have my new route. I go West to uh, Warren Park and then uh, down south and then I cut back east through Little India which is an interesting place not that exciting there's not that much to like 
see or experience. It's just kind of a strip. Um, but then on Saturdays, run number five of five for the week, you go for a long run. Um, these last couple of weeks, I've been going up north into Evanston, uh, which is nice because you can actually run and be by the lake up there. And the lakefront kind of, uh, you know, parks and, and paths up there, there's a decent amount of room uh, to, to spread out and operate because you get a lot of people up there, which makes sense. Um, and certainly people from like Edgewater and Rogers Park in Chicago will go up there as well because you can't go to the lake in Chicago, but you can in Evanston. Um, so I've been going up there. I did like 11 miles last Saturday. Yesterday I did um, like eight and a half. And those are tough as well on the low calorie. Um, and boy, I tell you what, when I got back yesterday, I was really fried. Um, actually, I had to work yesterday, and so I didn't get out until about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Um, and by the time that was all over, you know, between working and then going for a long run and it was really cold, um, I was pretty much just, like, settled in for the rest of the night. And I actually had a little bit more energy than I expected I would after I showered up and finally got something to eat. Um, I rebounded a little bit, um, talked to some friends and stuff. It was just kind of on the couch the whole time. So energy levels are pretty low, but you know what? And you might be listening to this thinking, Quinn, you're absolutely nuts. You're crazy. You got to eat something. Uh, it's not like I'm, I'm fasting, right? You all know this story by now. It's on the Beantown blog. The time I fasted for a week in college was not a fun experience. Um, no, we're just, we're keeping things pretty low maintenance. My, my big fear is like, uh, that in knowing kind of my eating habits are a very slippery slope in general, historically, and that I'm not moving this much. Um, you know, I'm just trying to keep it very like minimalist, very straightforward, trying not to think about it that much. Um, cause then I'll just get like a anxiety attack, which you try to avoid typically if you can. Um, so couple that with the fact that I'm still sober this year. Um, it is April 5th, which is day 60 days through February 31, 91, what are we on? Like 96, maybe day 96, I think, um, which is exciting. Um, and no pizza yet this year either. Although there have been, I I feel not that I'm like, not that there are cracks starting to show in that resolve or that it's weakening, but I just had more like craving for it. Um, I don't feel any closer to like giving in and having a pizza yet this year than I did, you know, back in January or February when I was cruising. I've just been thinking about it a lot more. Um, in fact, when I rent, when I, you know, so when I go on my long runs um, up into Evanston, you go by Giordano's right by my old place on Farwell Ave. Um, and boy, the smells really just hit me yesterday. I don't know if there was a particularly strong aroma coming out of that those ovens or if I was just kind of uh, food deprived and craving pizza. But um you know, I'm in pretty good shape. I think the best news is that, you know, the only pizza place that's really close to me is Domino's. And, man, that, that pizza is just, like, I know people who consider it to be their favorite fast food pizza. I think it's my least favorite, frankly. Uh, I'll take, like, a Little Caesars pizza pizza over a Domino's. Uh, Papa John's has its own set of issues, but I'll take that over Domino's. Uh, pizza Hut is my favorite. Definitely take that over Domino's. I can't think of a single fast food chain pizza that i think of more low in a more low perspective viewpoint 
than Domino's. I really don't like it. I think it's bad. Um, I'm not that close to any of like specialty places or deep dish places. I'm I'm about a mile away from two pizza places by my old apartment, the Giordano's and the JB Alberto's, classic spot. Um, but it's just far enough of a walk, you know, like 20 minutes total to where I'm like, eh, it's too far. And I really don't even think about it very often, which is good. Um, but that's a little glimpse into my routine. Weekends are, uh, that, I think that's been the toughest thing for me is like in general, I feel good about, you know, my work-life balance, uh, cause I work pretty hard Mondays through Fridays, but usually, you know, you have the weekends to kind of reset get out, do something different than your norm. Uh, that's been the toughest part of quarantine, I think, for me, is feeling like my weekends aren't really this, you know, different than Monday through Friday. They're not really that change of pace. Um, and I just kind of feel like I live my life in one spot in my apartment, even on weekends. That's probably my least favorite part about all of this. Um, but again, I try not to think about that too much either, because then I just get... Um, mild anxiety attacks nothing uh you know I, I have a couple here and there maybe once or twice a week nothing that wild um nothing i can't manage i'm just not used to getting them i i can be a very anxious and nervous person in general in my life but i don't usually get these attacks where it's like you know a solid 20 to 30 minutes of just feeling kind of crippled and paralyzed um those have been coming um you know now with with a ton more frequency than they ever had before in my life. So that's been a challenge. Um, and I think part of it is living alone and not really having any interaction with humans. But uh, we're doing our best here. Uh, let's read some ads, and then I've got uh, just two things that I'll briefly mention in the second half, and uh, we'll shut it down. It's a very low-key episode, very low-key installment. Uh, no no grand thesis to this episode. Um, no guests. Just uh, Just Quinn, just catching up with you. I think I feel right now like I, I've i got my fingers, not my fingers, my hands in like a couple other outlets where I've been connecting with people through like Instagram a decent amount, um, my workout videos, which will probably drop another one this week. Um, Facebook, I, I didn't do much on Facebook this past week, but um, in general, I've still been on it a decent amount. Um, and then, you know, a, a decent amount of like FaceTimes and stuff. So um, I feel like a little bit less like I need to pour everything into the podcast because, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm getting, uh, I'm, I'm interacting with, with you all through other mediums, but let's, let's read the ads here and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a couple things in part two, which will just be a couple minutes and, um, and then we'll wrap it up, keep it pretty short. Remember in the old days, year one, first couple months of being Tom podcast, it'd be like 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long. You'd be like, wow, that was a long episode. Now, if you keep it under 30, that's like, I maybe it's been years since that happened. I don't really remember. This one's not going to go under 30. Um, we'll, we'll keep it around 35, though. Uh, Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate's wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want to 
safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316, or you can visit homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or you can visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. Shout out to the Samson Q2U series. Working hard, working overtime, doing a lot of work on the Scott Farrell audiobook, which we'll talk about in a minute here. Um, and during this special Holy Week edition, uh, today's Palm Sunday, next week will be Easter Sunday, and we'll be talking about a lot of things God, religion, and Christianity next week on the podcast. Um, with our with our guest, I, I suppose I'm, I'm excited. I, I got to think about this a little bit. Wait till you announce who it is. Um, because it's it's uh, someone who who's very involved in the church, um, and we'll see what he has to say for our Easter um, holiday. The Samson Q2U series: When God speaks, He uses a Samson. I want to give a special thank you to our tax expert in residence, Matt Fiedler, for coming on the Beantown Podcast last week for our third annual Beantown Podcast Taxes Special Extraordinaire, where Quinn David Furness comes on his own show live to release his taxes, which you can just imagine happened. Um, thanks to Matt for uh, for coming on. And in case you, you didn't catch the full episode, we made a pact uh, where we are not shaving or cutting our hair until quarantine is over. And I, I think I... I think I gave my full list of like caveats on the show, but I'll reiterate them here. I'm shaving my neck beard, and I'm shaving the back of my neck too. The neck beard is just absurd. It's ridiculous. No one likes it. doesn't look good. doesn't feel good. Not fun for anyone. The back of the neck thing, um, you can actually get away with it because I'm not, you know, no one's ever actually seeing the back of my neck these days. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, turn into a werewolf, try to keep it clean. Uh, and that's what Cuts by Q is there for. Uh, but thanks to Matt for, for coming on the show and sharing his insight and his expertise. We actually got, I almost forgot about this, we actually got some angry fan mail um, from Matt. And um, we uh, requested that the uh, author of that fan mail come on the show and, and debate with Matt on today's episode. Um, but that uh, anonymous author declined the invitation, unfortunately. So. You can tell them, uh, you know, you can send uh, send all your grief their way. And uh, it is what it is. Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area, including... Northwest Indiana. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, you got to call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's Q-U-T-Z. By Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. You know, I'm drinking out of my Jack Link's travel mug here uh, and the only reason I mention it is because I um, was actually re-listening I don't I don't re-listen to a lot of my own shows um, especially you know historically I don't go back and just like pick random ones to listen to not very often um, but I did listen to uh, the Baked Alaska episode which is late July 2018 I did with my two older brothers um, 
from the Teddall Stevens International Airport in Anchorage, which was fun. Uh, and one thing that got, <laughs> I had forgotten just how much time we spent talking about this in year one of the podcast was the, 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 the potential for a Jack Link's sponsorship on the podcast. And I know it's, it's not something I talk about as much these days. I think I'm just, uh, you know, kind of uh, battered and, and weary after so many failed attempts to, to get a, into a partnership negotiation with them. But, um, man, we, we spent a solid like five minutes just talking about Jack Link's yearning for their endorsement. Um, so consider this uh, just a re-up, a refresher. Um, and uh, let's see. There's one other thing. Oh, I wanted to mention this when I was reading my ad reads. It reminded me of 670 The Score. Uh, which I listen to every morning uh, immediately before and after our morning staff meeting. Uh, And it's usually the Bernstein McKnight show, Dan Bernstein, Connor McKnight. And unfortunately, Thursday after the show, um, they let go of Connor McKnight in a wave of uh, cutbacks. Connor is no longer on the the air, no longer on the show, which is very sad. Uh, And it was really painful Listening to Dan Bernstein uh, kind of tearfully talk about it Friday morning on the show. Um, and can you imagine how hard that is, you know, being used to hosting a three-hour radio show with a co-host, you know, someone else who fills in half the time, half the content, all that stuff. And all of a sudden, you, know, you got three hours to do by yourself. That's a long time, um, considering these podcasts are, you know, usually less than an hour so for Dan, uh, I know you don't listen to my show, but I tweet at you all the time. Uh, thanks for everything you do. And Connor, uh, hoping to, you know, see where you land on your feet next. Um, two, two last pieces of business here, and we'll wrap it up. One is just a quick check-in on Scott Farrell's biography or Triumph, Tears, and Tales of the Stage by Scott Farrell. Uh, We talked about this in depth last week on the show, so I won't dig into it much. But just giving everyone a status update, we are officially to the last chapter. Um, The next time I uh, hit the record button, it will be to start this final chapter in Scott's, not Scott's life, because the book goes through, I think, 2016 is the last chapter before he publishes the book. So we're already, you know, there's already another like four years of his, his life story. Who knows? Maybe he'll write another another um, volume, uh, which God knows we'd have to do another um, audiobook project. But um, yeah, we're to the last one. Uh, it's kind of bittersweet. Um, I will I will say this uh, when right when quarantine really hit hard and started, um, I was kind of on fire with this book. I mean, when quarantine started, I was only about a third of the way through the recording, um, or like you know five hours in or something like that. And then I really worked hard on it, chugged and burned through a lot of it um, up until about a week ago. And I really sort of started to lose my my steam. Uh, good news is now I you know I only have like another probably less than 90 minutes left of recording to do. So we're very close. Um, that could be, that'll be finished um, either this week or next, at which point I'll only have to write my critical review, figure out how I'm going to distribute and disseminate um, the, the, uh, the audio book, and that's it. Then the project is over. So um, a couple more things to 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 kind of finish up and clean up and figure out there because it's not going to be a super straightforward um, sort of process. But, yeah, it's almost done, which is wild to think. Um, I haven't done the math 
to see exactly where it's going to come out to. I know at the beginning, I remember doing this out at my parents' house over Christmas, like trying to calculate how much time it was going to be total. Um, and I think we came to somewhere around like 16 or 17 hours. Uh, it's got to be more than that um, because of just the added commentary that I've put in there. But, it, I, you know, probably like 17 or 18 hours, I think, is probably about what, what it's going to be. So uh, that's almost up. The last thing I'll mention here, and we literally, you know, we're recording this about one in the afternoon, um, live on air got a uh, message from a former employee. If you made it this far on the podcast and you, you're familiar with my childhood, which you, you aren't, um, but you'll be excited to hear this. Tim Muther, the former, it's kind of a breaking bad story, the former chemistry teacher at Lutheran, Rockford Lutheran High School in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, by summer uh, area manager, regional manager, something like that. I remember how those titles worked. Uh, of Team Corn Detasseling, based out of Princeton, Illinois, Lover's Lane Road. Um, we had sent him a message, get this, back in, I think, July, um, asking if he wanted to be on the podcast because it would, you know, this guy is just wild and you don't know what he's going to say next um, or ever for that matter. Um, Tim is Tim is great. We sent him a message back in July. He responded like last week, right? So like what nine months later, um, and I was afraid that you know with this kind of historical pace in terms of him responding messages that you know even if we did get him on the podcast that um, it wasn't going to be till like twenty twenty three. But we just uh, got another message, so we sent a, a couple back and forth. Uh, from 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 me to Tim, and I'm just reading it now for the first time. He says, "Does this coming Saturday work? Say 4 p.m. Surely it would boost the podcast numbers. Perhaps we could generate a list of questions ahead of times. Absolutely, we could. Um, so, and I don't want to make any promises because it could very well be that I send him back a message later this afternoon with some questions. Um, and you know, we'll be talking quarantine. We'll be talking." Um, Easter for sure. We'll be talking, uh, corn detasseling for all. That'll be interesting for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Um, and just with Tim's spin on it, it'll be great. Um, but, uh, it, it, it could be that he doesn't respond till next year. Um, hopefully he responds tomorrow. Um, but it could be next year. So there's, there's kind of my, my forewarning for you all. But uh, Tim is awesome. He's the father of three daughters, all of them whom are you know out of the house now. Uh, although right now, who knows? But um, Tim's great. Uh, used to be like the assistant coach of the Rockford Lutheran soccer team as well. So we we butt heads there. Um, but Tim is just uh, basically my first ever boss because uh, I started that job when I was twelve and worked it until I was eighteen. Um, Tim's a good guy. Tim is a wild guy. Um, and there are, you know, we, we could do a whole detasseling podcast, um, and, and maybe next week sort of turns into that. Um, but there are other people I could bring on here. Uh, we could share stories. Um, because in fact, it would be best to just get my brothers on, I think, uh, of team corn detasseling, because man, there's some, there's some wild stuff, uh, that you do. And, and just the, it seems like such a foreign concept now, but just the idea of being like 12 or 13 years old, you're still very much a kid. Like you're, you're just scratching the surface of being a teenager. You're just like a little kid at that point. You're out there working seven or eight hours, waking up at, you know, 4.30 AM, packing lunch and a shit ton of water, 
because you're working in the middle of July and August in cornfields in central Illinois. Um, man, hard, hard as balls work. Um, I've, I've worked some weird jobs in my 25 years, but nothing comes close to that in terms of just the overall, you know, manpower, physical labor, hours. Um, I can't remember exactly. I think when I started when I was 12, which would have been, you know, like 2006, 2007, uh, I think I was making like six, six an hour, probably something like that. Um, and I rose through the ranks by the time I finished, I was a crew leader, which was fun to put on my resume. It means I was in charge of a whole bus full of 12 year olds. Um, and at that point I was making closer to like 12 an hour, which now sounds awful back then when you're, you know, 17, 18, making 12 an hour is not bad. It's actually pretty good. Uh, at least it was for me growing up. I don't know about you all. But that's Tim. Uh, Tim Muther no longer lives in Rockford. Uh, is in the St. Louis area these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood for us, we will get Tim on the podcast next week for our Easter special. Boy, that would be something because Tim also is a, an active member in the Lutheran community. So I would love to get some of his perspective on stuff. And there are stories about Tim at Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Rockford, Illinois, falling asleep during service and snoring and stuff and He's just this kind of awesome, like, middle-aged guy who does whatever he wants, but is also just, like, a genuinely good person um, and a crazy driver. So, um, <laughs> oh, man, let's, let, I, I'm really hoping we get, we, we get um, him on the air because, you know, they're, they're, every once in a while you get a guest on the show that's like, oh, my God. We now this lives here forever. This is amazing. My grandma Sal is a perfect example of that. Um, I think having the uh, roast of Quinn David, David Furness was awesome because we got pretty much everybody in my family, including my grandfather, on that show. Um, having Joaquin call in on the podcast was pretty special because um, he can be a tough guy to get a hold of. Um, having Aaron call in on my my um, telethon fundraiser was pretty cool. Um, you know, there are just certain people who are just just kind of very little parts of your life that are that can be easy to forget about um especially you know after you've you've moved away and you you're in a different stage of your life but these are still people who had an important impact or uh, an important part of your life story up to this point so any chance i can get to reconnect with them and then also you know get them recorded on tape um so that it lives on forever and i can go back and, and listen to that and sort of cherish that relationship anytime i want that's really special to me so i'm hoping we get that next week with tim uh but i already went longer than i wanted to i apologize for that that's what i had for you um on this week's entry into the beantown podcast next week is easter um yeah i hope everyone's quarantine is going well um for those workout videos you want to go to my youtube page uh, and follow me at quinn furnace um, or check us out on instagram or at q.queen d uh, of course if you have any questions comments concerns at any point email us beantownpodcast yahoo.com again that's beantown b-e-a-n-t podcast at yahoo.com thanks last week to matt feeler for coming on the show we're going to get some tishmingo blues going to play us out what do you mean to play us out there's no words there and uh you know what? Stay safe, stay sane, be kind to one uh, one another, one each other. That's what I was trying to say. And you know what? Go out there, stretch your legs, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, rain or shine. It's like the, the mailman's creed. Um, yeah, that's what I got for you. So I'm going to turn on some music, and uh, you should do the same. Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll check in on you next time.